you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 172. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, amazing human, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place to have consistent four and five-figure months, and then on to six and seven-plus-figure years without burning out in the process. Sales. Even just that simple word, sale, can make people get their hands all sweaty, get kind of the shakes, start wanting to vomit but it doesn't have to be this way. Selling can be easy if you let it. Selling can also mean that you sell with integrity. Selling can be that you lead with value. Selling doesn't have to be the traditional way. You can do selling your way, the conscious way. And that's why I'm so excited to welcome the amazing Nina coming on the podcast today to chat about how to power up your business and income with conscious sales. We talk about so many luscious topics on this particular podcast specifically, but not limited to what is conscious sales and why is it different to traditional sales? Where or how was the term conscious sales birthed and created? Three, we talk about why do people feel, in particular women, uh, struggle with really selling. We also talk about um, specifically has Nina and her experience notice a particular mindset that helps move people from disempowering uh, that mindset that they have uh, about sales to an empowering one and so much more goodness. But before we hop into this amazing call, aka episode 172, I wanted to remind you that if you're feeling stuck in your business, you have so many ideas in your head, but you don't know what to do or where to start, have zero strategy, and don't know what order to work on things in order to move your business forward. But you also may even be needing clarity and community to move you forward. I would encourage you to head to my website and explore the variety of ways I can support you. Regardless if it's my one-on-one support, my mastermind, my Profit Pillars Accelerator program, or my VIP days. I'm here to support you. Simply head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and click on the work with me button to find out how we can get connected and start helping you to grow a sustainable and more importantly, profitable business. Now let's get into today's awesome episode. Welcome to the show, Nina. Hello. Thank you for having me. I am super, super excited to have you on today. I mean, I love any time I can get a guest on the show and I'm just pumped, you know, that again, the universe gives us what we need. We've been talking for the last hour before we actually finally hit record on this. And you just kind of know when there's good people coming into your ecosystem, right? And just coming into your space and into your world. So I'm so pumped and so grateful that we've had the opportunity to connect through a mastermind that we're in together. I just love your energy. And I'm super excited for you to be able to share your wisdom today. So super pumped to get into it. Yes, thank you for having me. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty about conscious sales and how businesses can power up their businesses and income with conscious sales, I always like to ask the audience uh, or the guests that I bring on a fun question so that the audience gets to know you a little bit better. And one of my questions is when I was doing some research on you last night, as I was scrolling through your Instagram, and, and one of the things is you were in this beautiful white dress and there is a beautiful birthday cake with lots of candles on it. Not not lots as in, I don't know how old you are, but there was, candle, <laughs> there was candles on it, Nina. And so my question to you my fun question is is what is your all-time favorite cake oh my all-time favorite cake so there was this um filipino lady in sydney who used to make this mocha cake 
Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely delicious. It was my favorite cake ever. But she doesn't do it anymore. So I was absolutely devastated when she told me that she doesn't make them anymore. But my next best favorite would be tiramisu. Tiramisu, all right. So you're all about kind of like the coffee fit flavors, right? Yeah. Like that distinct yeah. flavors. All right, good. So now that we know that you do love cake, because I always am like, well, it's a birthday cake. I never like to assume that you like cake. But I was like, <laughs> clearly you're not just going to, I mean, there's lots of Instagrammers that just probably have things that are posing, but it looked like you were kind of excited about this one. So that's why I asked oh, the yeah, question. Awesome cake. Yeah, that was good. And I love cake too. I mean, who, I mean, my, my third ass also loves cake because we love it together, <laughs> right? But, you know, cake's always a good thing. And so now that we know a little bit about your cake preference. I'd love for you just to tell the audience a little bit about who you are and how you started in your business journey and where you're at now. Uh, because a lot of times the guests who come on my podcast are quite new to those who are consuming the podcast. So tell us a little bit about yeah, where you started and where you're at now. Yes. Yeah, so I call myself a conscious sales coach, trainer, mentor, speaker, and soon to be published author. Yes. Um, I Yeah, I have a background in real estate. So that's where my journey started in sales almost a decade ago now. Um, So I learned predominantly most of what I know in sales from real estate. And when I found personal development, I had the honor of meeting and seeing the amazing Brendan Bouchard speak, I think back in 2013. And he absolutely changed my life. And then from there, I, I discovered that I wanted to be a coach, a speaker and an author And I was able to translate my sales skills into the conscious community. And that's what I've done at the Institute of Conscious Sales. Dude, I love it. And selling, it's such, it's so important. I mean, it's key. Mm to having yeah. a successful business. I mean, I, I talk often <laughs> about different variables, but I'm mean, like, here's the thing. If you don't sell, you're back to the nine to five. If you don't sell, mm-hmm. you're going to go bankrupt. If you don't sell, like selling is any individuals, especially women, I say, because predominantly women will be listening, but it is our responsibility to sell. It is like part of our job description, I say, once you become your own CEO or your own entrepreneur or whatever word you're going to use. And so I am pumped for you to be able to talk about sales because I could talk about all day. I just love being (laughs) able to infuse how other people look at it because yeah, if they just hear me talk about it, it might click for some people, but not for others. Mm -hmm. And today it's the penny's going to drop for others because you're going to bring this other beautiful infusion to what that looks like. So I'm excited to get started today. Yes. So power up your business and get income with conscious sales. So there's a key word here, that conscious sales component of it. So in order for us just to be all on the same page, what is conscious sales and why is it different to traditional sales? Yes, I absolutely love this question. So the way that I define conscious sales is conscious sales is a heart-centered, ethical, and integrity-driven approach to sales that empowers the individual to choose to invest into themselves when it feels in alignment with their own values. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a few different elements that make this different to traditional sales. So traditional sales has the perception of being manipulative and pushy and annoying, mm-hmm. and we've all thought of a sleazy salesperson, when conscious sales is all about, as I mentioned, being integrity-driven. It's all about um seeking to understand the person who you are speaking to first. It is about giving before asking for anything. It's about intention. It's about empowerment as opposed to being pushy. It's not about trying to convince anyone of anything. It's finding the people who are already ready, willing, and um, able to invest into themselves through you and giving them the opportunity to be able to take that further. It's all about unattachment. It's about energy, presence, and caring. And it is, like we've mentioned earlier, Angela, about 
moving from self to service. And so they're the main areas that I feel is the biggest distinction between conscious sales and traditional sales. You talk a little bit about energy, something that I've been weaving a little bit more into the podcast as I learn more about energy myself and vibration mm-hmm. and frequency and, and all of those things. And as I evolve too as a business consultant, I always think it's important that others are able to hear this because again, what works for me isn't going to work for everyone else. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about energy and how is energy connected to selling? Yes. So at the basic foundation of energy, sales is a transfer of enthusiasm. If you are not genuinely lit up, excited, and you care about whatever it is that you are offering, the other person isn't going to care more than you care. Mm -hmm. So if you think just back on school days or university days, we've all had the experience of learning from somebody who was boring. Can I swear on your podcast? Yeah, yeah, you're (laughs) hot. F-bombs do fly here, yeah. So boring as fuck, right? Mm -hmm. Like I remember I had this monotone teacher when I was at university um, studying something completely off topic, but I remember thinking, I am so bored listening to this person. But when I could listen to somebody who loved what they were teaching, I didn't even... I wasn't even interested about the topic until I heard them start to teach. So Mm. it's similar to as a service provider, as a business owner, first and foremost, are you lit up? Are you aligned? Are you excited by what it is that you're offering? Do you truly believe that what you have can make a difference and make an impact in people's lives and people's businesses? And first and foremost, at the basic level, that's where I recommend everyone should look at first. I love it because it's one of the things I talked about in episode 170 when I was giving a behind the scenes about my $37 workshop, right, is that $37 workshop, I was and am, I'll be running it again, so proud, so in alignment, (laughs) my energy on the call was just like so pumped, I would have hugged all of those people in the room, right, like, and people pick up on energy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when, like you said, when you're enthusiastic about something, they're more likely to get enthusiastic about it. Right. So there is this essence. And and I for people that are starting because I'm this is not my zone of genius. What would you think? Like, how can they tune in or or do you have like any like simple things they can ask themselves about? How do they know if their energy is connected well to their products that they're about to be selling? Mm. Would you offer it to your mom? Would you Mm -hmm. offer it to your best friend Mm -hmm. or would you feel out of integrity with yourself mm-hmm. sharing this with somebody who you deeply care about? Mm-hmm. Yep, because I love it. You, you need to truly know within yourself, in your heart, I love this so much that I want to talk about it with everybody, not from a place of I want to push it on everyone, but I'm literally so excited by this. I cannot help but talk about it. We've all met those people who are so incredibly passionate about what they do that they're just constantly talking about what they love, not from a Mm -hmm. place of trying to convince you. Mm -hmm. But when you ask them how their day is going, it just ends up coming up in conversation simply because they care so much about that. Mm -hmm. So look for those signs. Yeah, no, love it. I know we slightly deviated, but that's what happens sometimes because there's little nuggets like that <laughs> specifically around the energy that I just think, again, for those people who it might be new, a new terminology, or even if you're used to it, is it's just starting to look for how your energy is being distributed and yeah. how you're showing in even so much as how you're showing up in your emails, how you're showing up on yeah. lives, how you're showing up on podcasts, that energy is getting filtered and sprinkled through everything, not just when you're asking for the sale. Can I share one more thing on that? Yeah, totally. 
something that I've realized. So one of one of the things that I say is action precedes confidence. Mm-hmm. We can never, ever truly feel confident in something until we take action on it. We don't say we're a confident driver if we've never actually driven a car. Mm-hmm. You don't go and do your theory test and say that you feel confident in driving until you've actually driven. Mm-hmm. So similar to feeling great and feeling passionate about something, Often if we just get, and we were talking about this before, Angela, if you get so caught up in your head and you're not actually taking any action, Mm -hmm. you're not actually able to witness yourself expressing whatever it is that's trying to come through you. And Mm -hmm. I find that it's actually through the action, it's through expressing it, it's through sharing it with other people Mm -hmm. that you can have the awareness and notice, wow, I'm so passionate when I talk about this. I sound so lit up when I'm talking about this, Mm -hmm. as opposed to you just thinking about it constantly. Mm -hmm. So a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, just are not willing to talk about anything or say what they're thinking or what they're feeling because they're so scared of not having it perfect, as opposed Mm -hmm. to just start talking, just start sharing Mm -hmm. and noticing what feels in alignment with you and what lights you up while you're expressing it and while you're talking about it. They're so important. And like you said, I'm, well, not as you said, but what I would say often is like done is better than perfect, right? Yeah. Because when yeah. you start talking about something, there's so much data that comes from that too, right? Mm-hmm. Is you start to go, oh, this feels good. This doesn't feel good. This lights yes. me up. It doesn't light me yeah. up. It lights up others. It doesn't light up others, right? What are people saying? Mm. Like there's so much that comes from it. But if you hold off on doing it and wait until it's perfect, you're you're going to miss out on opportunity, right? To yes. enhance and evolve. No, I love it. Now, conscious sales. Where where was this created? Where was it birthed? Like, where does it stem from? Is it new? Is it an old concept? It, or, you know, because not a lot of people, I mean, people often talk about traditional sales. Yes. And I'm very much about breaking that model. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious to know yeah. where did the conscious sales get birthed or created from? <laughs> uh, so I actually termed it conscious sales. So I am mm-hmm. the founder of conscious sales. But I think the concept of it is something that conscious heart-centered entrepreneurs, business owners are already doing. I just don't think that there has been any language associated with looking at it with this perception. So the birthing of this really came, or the seed I say I would say came from me being in real estate, because as many people know, real estate is one of the most hated occupations in the world. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's also a very male dominated industry. Mm-hmm. So being able to have my boss slash mentor at the time who was so ethical driven, who cared about personal development, who cared about his staff, really modeled for me a lot of the values that I already had within myself. Mm -hmm. So not lying, not being manipulative, not trying to steal other people's leads or sales really modeled for me, wow, I don't actually need to be all of these perceptions that people think go hand in hand with sales. So that was, I guess, the seed that was planted for me that, wow, sales doesn't have to be what most people perceive it to be. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, when I started coaching and I, and I actually left real estate, I actually started life coaching first. Um, mm-hmm. I started to grow my organic social media and people started asking me questions and saying, oh, will you help me? Um, and asking me advice around life and career. And so I, I fell into life coaching slash business coaching at the time. And one of my friends um, had done every course under the sun and had done so, had invested so much into herself, but she didn't have any paying clients. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, why don't you have any paying clients? And she said, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I said, I think I can really help you. And so that was the first time that I was able to 
look at someone and look at the situation they're in. And even though it wasn't my niche or what I was teaching at the time, I knew I could help her because Mm -hmm. I had been through that. And I understand, again, coming back to conscious self, seeking to understand that person first. And I understood where she was at and what her challenges were. And I could see her blind spots. And so within a few weeks of working together, she got her first few paying coaching clients and, you know, she's grown from there. And it wasn't until four or five years later after that first client that I had that I taught um, like to help make sales that it actually clicked to me. I think it was to what year are we in 2021? It was the end of mid to end 2019. And I remember I just got to a point where I thought to myself, why, why can I not get my business to where I want it to be? So something Mm -hmm. I tell a lot of people is it took me nine months to make commission in real estate and seven years to build a six figure business Mm -hmm. because it's, we think that it's, it's, we can translate something from one to the other, but it's not always as easy as that. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was reading all of these T. Harbecker books. I was really working on my money mindset. And something that I kept thinking about over and over and over and over again is where is the overlap between, and this is something that will be really great for other entrepreneurs who are listening, is what is the overlap between what I do and what the marketplace needs and wants? Mm-hmm. And it clicked to me, you know, something that Russell Brunson talks about is people only ever sell one of three things, health, wealth, and relationships. Mm-hmm. And I used to think, oh, I do I do wealth and relationships. And I was just fooling myself into thinking I was doing both. We need to focus on one main thing. So when I decided to focus on the wealth side of my business and focusing on helping others generate wealth through their business, obviously it's also through relationships, but the main focus was through wealth. That's when it just hit me one night. I was lying in bed and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I do. I do conscious sales. Mm-hmm. And so it was birthed from there. Dude, I love it. And and needed a different take from what we're traditionally taught, a different angle that, you know, if you look at masculine energy, feminine energy, like I, I know that I sit a lot more in masculine than I do with feminine, but not everyone does, right? And so, mm-hmm. and you don't have to either also be masculine or feminine energy to be conscious sales either let me make that clear right but it's about knowing that there's another way that you can still be profitable without having to do I mean uh be dirty be sleazy etc and I think now's actually a good time I was going to save it to a little bit but I think now's a good time about I know before we press record I was talking about my favorite book The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann and for those who haven't heard it previous episodes you know the men really talk about pretty much the entire book about leading with value first, right? And if you yeah. lead with valuable, it is inevitable you will become profitable. Yeah. And they go on to talk about these five laws of stratospheric success. And they talk about the law of value first. Your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. They then talk about the law of compensation. Your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. They then talk about the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. The fourth law is the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And lastly, Mm. they talk about the law of receptivity. The key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Yes, I love that. I've always been driven by adding value first. Doesn't necessarily yes. mean I've always been in alignment with what I've been doing because I may not have been, you know, 
energetically focused on what I was delivering because people told me I needed to do X, Y, and Z, right? But I still always led with value. And what I found was, is it's taken me longer to grow my business per se, because I'm conscious of how I'm treating people. And every transaction Mm. to me, there's a human being behind that transaction. And I don't want to just take someone else's credit card. I genuinely, when I say everyone that comes into my my ecosystem, do you know I mean my community, my space, my world, is they have families, they have financial needs, they've got emotional needs, and and that they're that, that yeah, lead with value, lead with curiosity, lead with care, lead with empathy, and you still will be profitable. But when you start off in business and you're chasing that transaction because you're so stressed about how you're going to pay your rent. It can be hard to sit in this space. So Mm. my next question that I'd just like to kind of ask here is this, why do you feel in particular women struggle with selling? Because obviously both predominantly my cohort of people I work with is women. And I know also you do work with men, but predominantly women. So why why do you feel in particular women struggle with selling and and, or even leading with that value component first? Mm, There are so many different reasons. (laughs) So (laughs) So I'll touch on what I can touch on on this call. Um, first and foremost, women have this perception of, oh, I'm a giver, not a receiver. I'm going to give and give and give and give, and I'm going to be the martyr, and I'm going to be the one who gives all the time. But no, I'm not going to receive because that means that I'm bad. Yeah. Um, I also grew up as a Catholic. I don't consider myself religious anymore. However, there is also that martyrism that comes with um, religion, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would rather be good and do good and be broke. Mm-hmm. So there's that mentality of I'm going to give, but I'm not going to receive. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, the law of reciprocity states that for every giver, there is a receiver. Mm-hmm. For every receiver, there is a giver. So when we do not allow ourselves to receive, we also rob that person who is trying to give to us the gift of giving. Mm-hmm. So as, as much as some women say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good by just being the giver, we're actually not doing good because mm-hmm. think about the times that you've given to someone and you feel so great to be able to give. Mm -hmm. So there's that side of things. Another thing is there's obviously societal expectations of be seen, not heard, um, don't speak up, like just just be there, be be in the room, but don't speak your opinion. Um, You know, you don't get involved in adult conversation. So we also have this conditioning around don't be too strong, don't be too masculine, don't say what you want, don't ask for what you want, Um, don't don't push it, right? Mm -hmm. So. There's, and it is, it is that masculine energy. And with conscious sales, there is that molding of the masculine and the feminine. I do not believe we are one or the other, regardless mm-hmm. of what gender we are. It is a combination of both because when any sort of leader, any sort of entrepreneur, any sort of business owner, we are the leader, whether mm-hmm. we like it or not, whether we want to say we're a leader or we're not a leader. I've gone through some identity crisis of, I don't even want to be a leader anyway. And then I realized that <laughs> I just, I just am, right? So I just focus on leading myself. However, we are a leader in our organization. So being a leader means first and foremost that we need to be making sure that we can hold the frame, which is now I'm going into a bit of sales terminology. We are holding the frame and guiding the conversation. If mm-hmm. the buyer or the prospective lead does not feel safe and held and supported by where you are going, they, mm-hmm. are, they are not going to want to give you their money, their time, their attention, because they don't trust that you can take them where they want to go. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely that masculine energy that is needed, but there is also that feminine energy of, 
I, I deeply care about this person and what, what it is that they're saying to me, what it is that they want, what their challenge is. And I'm like you said, it's not just about taking people's money. It's about how can we up-level together? How can we have a co-creation together where it's a relationship where we, we are both giving and receiving? There's just a different exchange. Um, did I answer your question? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I think, again, it's just, there's like you said, it's, there's not just one reason why in particular women struggle with selling. Like you said, how were they brought up around money? Is money dirty? Is it you have to work hard for money? It's sleazy to ask for money. You can't make more than your husband. And so the yes. whole safety issue that you talk about, right? Because yes. I know in some of my programs, there's a lot of times where I, when I when we start to unpack, you know, what is it? And then people come back as I don't feel safe making more yes. money, right? And it can and be- then there's imposter syndrome, which we were also talking about. Mm-hmm. 100%. So it's like this, like this, you know, and that's, I guess, the, the essence of mindset, which leads mm-hmm. into my next question is, have you noticed a particular mindset shift that you feel move people from disempowering mindset about sales to an empowering one? Because mindset, in my opinion, is, you know, strategy is okay. It, talking about all these other things, okay, but it doesn't matter how good the strategy is, if you've got a weak mindset, wobbly mindset, yes. fixed mindset. Yes. So I'd love to know a little bit more is particularly around the mindset. Have you noticed a particular mindset shift you feel moves people from disempowering mindset about sales to an empowering one? Yes. So one of my quotes are, we move, we beat imposter syndrome when we shift our attention from mm-hmm. self to service. Mm-hmm. So when I when I speak to my clients and they are stuck in why am I not receiving why am I not getting why am I not making more money it's it's mm-hmm. very focused on themselves it's very focused on me 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 why am I not getting why am I not receiving mm-hmm. but when they can fill up their own cup from themselves mm-hmm. and feel so full that they want to give and give and give and give and give then eventually it will come back it's similar to what we're talking about with the go giver mm-hmm. right and for me, it was in real estate um, because in, in the office that I was working in, the commission was anywhere between 2.5 and 3.5% when you when you had a listing. Yeah. And the average in the office was 3% when I started. But when I started working in real estate, I would always get 3.5%. Mm-hmm. And I remember some of the staff were saying to me, you know, why, why do you offer that? Or even um, vendors would say, why do you offer 3.5%? And I said, because I will give more than any other real estate agent. I will do more for you than any other real estate agent. I will have more time, attention, love. Um, you know, I will be there for you when you need anything. And because I knew that I gave more than everyone else, I could charge more than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that so many people are so stuck on what am I going to receive that it's kind of like, you know, when kids are in the car and they're like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You're mm-hmm. traveling to a destination. They're like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? It, it emphasizes how much you don't have if you're constantly asking, why don't I have it yet? Where are they? Why isn't it happening? But mm-hmm. if we focus on giving and we get into the flow of giving and being open to receiving without attachment, it starts flooding in. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because when once my clients really move through that mindset shift, once they're able to move from this isn't about me, how can I show up? How can I serve? How can I trust myself? How can I trust my conscious sales method? What happens is it's, it's almost instantly they will have the next biggest month mm-hmm. and it will start to be more consistent because they've learned how to focus on service and be unattached to where the money is going to come. Mm-hmm. And how would you define unattached? Again, you'd think it would be a pretty simplistic right <laughs> um, answer, but I'm going to suspect that it's not just as clear cut as that. Mm. 
So when I mean unattachment, it's can you hop on a call with someone and be okay with whatever response they give you, whether they say yes or whether they say no? Can they say no without you making it about yourself and not thinking, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm just not good at sales or maybe no one wants to buy my product or maybe there's something wrong with me. Um, and can you um, can can you be on a phone with someone or on a call with someone or a discovery call, a sales call with someone and then tell you that they want to work with you. But if they were to turn around and change their mind before they pay, are you able to remember that it's not about you? Are you able to remember that there's nothing personal, that it means that you're less valuable, you're, you're less loved or you're, you're not as you don't mean as much as you thought you did. Mm-hmm. So it's important. And when it comes to being able to give first, it ties into the same concept because if you're able to, it's, it's like going on dates, right? If you're single and you're going on five different dates, if you don't expect which one of those five are going to be the one that you end up with or the one that you're going to end up taking on a second date, then you can just go into each of those dates still being present, but not putting the pressure and the expectation on this one person that they're going to be the one that is going to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. So I like to I like to turn up to calls. And when I'm speaking to people, especially on a sales call, I like to turn up to those sales calls, holding the highest version of that person mm-hmm. whilst not getting pissed off or upset if they say no, but also doing my best to hold the energy that I see what is possible for you. Would you like to come with me? Mm-hmm. And I think there that's a skill within itself, right? Is yeah. being unattached. And I know when I first started, I wasn't, uh, but I heard the saying from Amber McHugh and she talks about you're right on time. And whenever I get on a sales call, I'm very much about, again, holding that space, but also go, each of these human beings are right where they need to be. I'm yeah. right where I need to be. Yes. We're both right on time. Whatever happens, happens, right? Like yes. really my, my thing is, is there's always an abundance of money. Really? It might mean that I have to go stock shelves at Woolies, one of our local grocery stores. It might mean that I have to go back and work at McDonald's. It could mean that, but there's <laughs> always money really, right? There's always money. And I know when people get into kind of that startup stage, or they kind of start to change their business model, and they start to freak out a little bit, right? Because now they're running more from a place of pressure, a -hmm. place of scarcity. But when I see that happen, I see flow stop. And I see uh, energy shift. And I see uh, typically freak out stages, what I start to happen. What are your thoughts around that? Mm, I think that's why mindset's so important. Well, one of the reasons why mindset's so important. How do you tap into a, a mindset of abundance when your reality is that you are broke as fuck? Yeah. <laughs> right? I think that many of us have been in that situation. But as many of you guys know, I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this podcast are very much into personal development, is that your inner world creates your outer world. So if you do not if you're not able to tap into that feeling of abundance now, you're not going to be able to attract it in. So it really does start from how can you shift your internal state? And so one of the things that I say to a lot of my clients, especially those who have no sales experience, who are just starting to decide that, yes, I want to actually get paid for what I do now and stop giving my services away for free and feeling depleted, Mm -hmm. is when they follow my conscious sales method, without any sales experience, they will close at least one in four of those calls. Mm -hmm. 
So I say to them, just focus on book, on, on the input. So something that I learned in real estate is focus on the input, not the output. So yes, mm-hmm. you want to work backwards with your goal. However, the first goal for a lot of my clients is to just get their first paying coaching client. So I said, just book in four calls. Mm-hmm. Turn up to those four, four calls with as much love and presence as you possibly can. And you follow my framework. You follow the conscious sales method. You will make one sale at least. Mm-hmm. So yep. rather than getting disappointed with the one or the two or the three, just trust that one in four will convert when you follow this method. And so that's why as well, you know, knowing your numbers is so important when it comes to sales. When I speak to people and, and you know, I'm doing a consultation for them or um, it's a discovery call or I'm just figuring out, you know, what, it, what it, where are the holes in their business? Most people I speak to, like 99% of people I speak to don't even know their conversions. Or mm-hmm. they're not hopping on any calls, which I know Angela was spoken about. You cannot make any sales without making any offers and without speaking to people. <laughs> it's like, it's, um, but that's what they think, right? It's like they just, yeah. I think it's like, oh, well, I'm going to press go on my website and the people will come. It doesn't, like, I, I mean, if that was that easy, we'd all be quadrillionaires, right? But it isn't <laughs> oh, yeah. but easy. And, and so another essence is the word easy. There's a lot of times is we have to work hard for our money. Things can't, you know, you've got to hustle. I disagree. The sooner that people can realize that you can have a business with ease, elegance, and flow, you'll be surprised at how much cash flow, right? And abundance starts coming your way. And not just financial abundance, but like you said, that reflection of your internal world to your external equally starts to come. So knowing that you can have a business with ease, that you can sell with ease, and that this doesn't have to be overcomplicated. As I talk often about, and we were talking about before we press record, is really there are three main things about business. Build your audience, nurture your audience, ask for the sale. Don't make it much harder than that, right? Conversations equal connections, which equal conversions. Mm, Don't start with needing conversions first. Start with having juicy conversations. Start to get curious. Start to build that relationship through connections. And when the time is right, ask for the conversion, right? But it's the essence of this about leading with value first versus just sale, sale, sale is so important. And I'd love to just make a distinction. When we say easy, we mean the process. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you're not going to feel resistance. It doesn't mean you're not going to feel fear. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be uncomfortable. The process of making sales can be incredibly easy. And it often is just us overthinking or overcomplicating it. Mm -hmm. However, there is still going to be a resistance. Whenever we raise our prices, there is a little bit of resistance. Whenever Mm -hmm. we offer something new, there will be a bit of resistance. Whenever we invest in ourselves, often there's a bit of resistance. Mm -hmm. So I think when people want things to be easy and they hear, oh, you can make money easily, they run away from the discomfort and they're unwilling to lean into that fear. When, as many of you know, transformation is on the other side of fear. One hundred percent. And I also, you know, speaking of transformation, a lot of times when people are fearing investing in you or in me, etc., right? Is I believe the transformation occurs when the transaction takes place. Oh, even of course. When, even when you've got like a ten dollar transaction or you go to an event. You pay attention because, again, I'm, yes. I say it often when you pay, you pay attention. Pay, you pay attention. Yeah. And it's so awesome. It's again, because when you pay, you pay attention. But again, there's, there's an energy shift that comes from this. You stand mm-hmm. a little bit taller. You're a little bit yes. more confident. You receive it because, again, you're willing to now take this information in versus when it's a free, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's so yes. much goodness that can come from that. Now, when we think of conscious sales, though, going back to the conscious sales side of things is, Is there one thing in particular that 
that people out there, you, me, anyone else that we shouldn't do when it comes to conscious sales? <laughs> yes. Okay. So you, we can probably literally lose count of how many times we have been pitched on social media right off the get-go. Mm-hmm. The very, very first message. Hi, massive message. This is what I do. This is what I can do for you. Buy my thing. Go to my page. Go do this. Go do that. Everybody, please stop doing that. Stop Mm -hmm. asking anything of anyone right from the get-go. It comes across as lazy. It comes across as yucky. People don't like the feeling. We don't like getting it. So why would you do it to other people? Mm -hmm. Like what we were already discussing throughout this entire podcast is how can you lead with value first? How can you have a connection with that person first? Mm -hmm. Something that I say to a lot of my clients is no one will ever buy from you until they feel seen, heard, and understood, and until you can really truly feel, see, and understand that person. Mm-hmm. So and, how, and it, how are they going to feel understood if they know nothing about you and vice versa? And I, I say this often, so I'm glad again that we agree on this one, is the essence of like, I, I believe it's like asking for sex on the first minute you meet someone, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I've said. used this analogy yeah. all the time, but it's like, yeah. and it might work for some, all right. No, no, no judgment. But the majority of times it doesn't like, and I always say is you don't go to the bar and be like, yeah, man, that, that guy's got a good ass. All right. We might all be thinking it, but you don't <laughs> tap such and such on the shoulder and be like, Hey, uh, you, me, can you just meet me in the bathroom? I just need a quickie. Like, again, it might work, <laughs> but I'm assuming that you're more likely to be like, hi, I'm Angela. And you might yeah. not go and be blunt. Like, Hey, you're, you've got a nice ass. You might hold off on that too, but you might just like, hi, I'm Ange. Um, do you mind if I buy you a drink? And then yeah. he's like, hi, I'm Johnny. Yes, I'd love a drink. Yeah. Great. You start chatting and then you're like, hey, can I grab your number, Johnny? Johnny's like, yes. And then yes. you continue to engage in that conversation. Then you might say, hey, mm-hmm. Johnny, can I take you out to dinner? Or maybe this time Johnny stepped up. He's asking you, whatever. And then you might get the wham, bam, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying, there's a process to it. Yeah. The analogy that I always use with my clients is you need to add in the foreplay. Uh-huh. They need to be so wet that they just want it. They're like, give yep. it to me. Give mm-hmm. it to me right now. As yep. opposed to, I don't even know if I want it yet. And you're giving it to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. The foreplay added bonus. Foreplay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the one thing we're saying not to do. But what is yes. the one thing we can do to implement the conscious sales? Yes. Is to seek to understand people first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Connect with more people. Seek to understand them find out what their challenge is and whether it is you or not you, how can you offer a solution to them? I am completely unattached when I go into a conversation with somebody and I ask, you know, what is it that you're needing right now? How can I support you? I'm not thinking that it's necessarily me. Half the time it's, I have the perfect person for you. I was talking to someone the other day. This is what they do. One of my best friends, this is what she does. Would you like me to connect you with that person? Mm-hmm. And I also think it's important to remember as I talked about in episode 170, when I was doing that $37 workshop, is that just because it's a no now, doesn't mean it's a no forever. Yeah. Right. And, and not that I'm hanging on going, God, I hope they they come back to me, whatever. But what I'm just saying is again, it is what it is, right? Like it just, it is what it is. But so often like, Oh my God, they said, no, why did they say no? I'm a bad person. An example I use is this reason. Like, I don't think I've shared this on my master. I'm just recently, uh, I was on a, on a, 
I'm on about 50 to 70 podcasts a year. And um, one of the, normally they just like are going like, yep, here it is. Fill us in, give us your details and we're, we're good to go. But this particular person wanted to, um, I won't name names, wanted to almost like screen me. She wanted to have a chat with me before we, I mean, she agreed to have me on her podcast, which mm. doesn't, it doesn't only happen that way. It's just, it, but I'm like, yep, yeah, her podcast, her rules. Let me, you know, yeah. and, and I, yeah. cool. So we get on. Anyways, I said, fuck in the middle of this thing right <laughs> and she then said something around the line I was like oh do you normally say fuck and I said well sometimes it just flies out but this is who I am <laughs> and then she talked about um she insinuated like because uh, I'm in a hood uh, even today I'm in a hoodie my hair is in a bun I'm in my little jogging pants or whatever you want to call them leggings like that's how I roll she and she was insinuating it's like how do you show up for podcasts I said well I show up being me like this is this mm. is what you get right yeah so Again, but I went in that unattached to whatever it is, like it is what it is. But I did find interesting, though, again, and I and I share this is this little piece is that be unattached, but just know that a lot of times, whatever, it's not about us, it's about them a lot of times, right? Like whatever they're going on. So yeah. then she said she emailed us back and she said, um, Thank you so much for connecting, Angela. It was really fun to connect, but um, and I like your non no nonsense approach, but stylistically. Um, you're not a right fit for the show. Mm. Now, I could have four or five years ago, I would have been sobbing, crying. Oh yeah. my God, they don't like Make me. What personal. does this mean? Yeah. Da, da, da. And I was like, that's cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's probably best that I'm not in your show, right? Like, yeah. and again, her show, her rules. And just because again, it's a no now doesn't mean that I won't necessarily work with her again, probably mm. more than likely not. But you know what I'm saying? Like, and it, it's important to know that it's like, Again, I've worked on my mindset so much in that internal stuff that I'm able to be unattached to it. Like it just, yes. it is what it is. Um, and where, like I said, though, four or five years ago, I probably would have broken and I would have been obsessed about it for days, mm. like just like days. For now, I'm just like, no, nah, it is. So just be mindful, I think, of that and 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 what triggers you too, right? Because if it's triggering you, there's something internal that's, you know, it's, it's letting you know that, hey, this is a nudge. You might need to look at this yes. a little bit more. I also think it's an integrity standpoint. You know, mm -hmm. I think you've got to be clear of who you're for, or who you're not for, who's for you and who's not for you. Mm -hmm. Because even on sales calls, I say, I don't I actually don't think I'm the best person for you, which means that when I speak to someone and I absolutely 100% know that I can support them, when I tell them that, I mean it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that it's okay to not take everyone, right? Yeah. Uh, Statistically, it, it, one in three people won't like you. One in three people will love you, and one in three people don't know if they like you or not. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that's just the way the world works. That's the yeah. beauty about this, and that's why some people say, "Well, why would you bring on another coach?" I get asked this question all the time. I bring on oh, different coaches because I'm like, "There's I'm so much abundance I'm, in this." I'm place. doing a disservice by yeah. not being able to bring on other people that might help other women because one of my core mm -hmm. things is getting more wealth into the hands of women. Yeah. And if I run from a place of scarcity, you would never see any coaches or anyone that quote unquote is in my world as a quote unquote competitor. But I mm -hmm. look at it from a place of abundance. There's yes. more than enough to go around. But more importantly, someone might not be ready for me, but they're ready to start working with you tomorrow. Right, Nina? And I'm like, yes, that means that person is right on time. She's going to get what she needs from Nina. And we're going to get more wealth into the hands of women. Mm -hmm. Hell yes. Yes. But again, I believe it takes a lot of, not a lot, but you willing to look at that internal stuff over time and yeah. kind of build that muscle. It's not something that just yes. happens overnight, right? 
I think when yeah. you are unclear on who you are, you try and be everything to everybody. But when mm. you get clear of, on who you are and who you're not, you stop yeah. trying to be everything to everyone and you realize and you appreciate the people who are not like you because you're like, wow, I could not do what you're doing. Thank you for the work you're doing. <laughs> mm. Yep, totally. And it, like I said, it, it evolves and we all evolve as human beings. Now, what is the most empowering belief that you have found people have in order to make the conscious sales? Hmm. I was actually thinking about this last night. I wanted to give you a really concise answer. So I'll give you the the belief and then I'll explain it a little bit. Sure. The belief is I care more about impact than I do about rejection. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I this is the belief that I wanted to uh, to share with with you guys here is because one of the things that I see with a lot of people is the reason why they're unwilling to make sales is because they're scared of what it will mean about them. Again, it's coming back to them. Oh, I don't want to get rejected. I don't want to get no's. I don't want to get this. I don't want to get that. And I said, if you had to go through a hundred people to get one amazing, so I called our solar line clients to get one solar line client, would it be worth it? Mm-hmm. And they said, yes. I said, okay, so you've just got to go through the no's. Not that they will necessarily be a hundred no's, but mm-hmm. there will be no's. And mm-hmm. every no leads you to a yes. So do not get discouraged about quote unquote rejection when it's not actually rejection. It's just, it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And care more about the people who you do serve rather than the people who are just not for you right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and again, it takes a skill for that, right? It it's definitely you know, a muscle. Care, <laughs> more, <laughs> care more about those you serve. And if you think about retention, I know completely different, but still important. If you think about retention, it's much cheaper to continue to nurture the relationships and actually treat those people that are already in your community than it is to go and obtain or acquire a new lead. Yeah. Angela, our mentor, Scott, said to me, Nina, you've made a lot of money from a very small audience. (laughs) So I think there's this perception that you need to have this massive audience to make a big impact and to make a lot of money, but it's just not true. Exactly. And the more, again, I think people can start to realize that is don't just do the next transaxion and then just go to the next. Yes. Is nurture <laughs> exactly right. Nurture that relationship. Treat them like humans and that they feel seen yeah. and heard. I know part of my process when any client of any of my programs come on board, um, and I know my team every said is even with my bottom program, everyday payday, it's five hundred dollars versus if you work with me, you know, at twenty-four thousand dollars. And I said I want them to get the same treatment as anyone else. Yeah. And they said, oh, it's going to eat into your profit margin. I said, I don't care. I said, they get onboarded, they same. They get the same gifts. If we've already yeah. sent them a gift, they get the next gift. I, I said, that. they are to experience the same experience, regardless if they're paying $500 or if they're paying, you know, the $24,000. I said, because they are still a human being. It comes back to that giving first. Mm-hmm. Yep. There and was... Go ahead. Ego. I was, no, say, I was talking to, um, I was looking at getting someone else on my team the other day and my assistant was on the call with me and we ended the call and I said to my assistant, what am I thinking? And she could pretty much pinpoint what I was thinking because I'm, I'm training her in like um, up-leveling a skill. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, one of the things I've always prided myself on is my quality of service. Mm-hmm. Yep. And unless everyone in my team has that quality, I don't want them on my team. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Absolutely. And being able to be okay with our boundaries, our values, what we stand for. Yeah. And uh, it's important. And again, it's a longer, I'm all about building a business of foundations. And yes. again, the analogy I always use is that of the three little pigs. Most businesses come to me with a business of hay or business of sticks. I'm about building a business with bricks. Bricks cost a little mm. bit more. It's going to take a little bit longer. And so even trying to find the right team members, you could have chosen someone longer. right away. Yeah. But things will start to crumble, right? And so, yeah. again, understanding and being able to go, okay, it's not the right person. The next person's just around the corner who will fit within us. So, again, understanding and, and having that patience. Yeah. Now, are we in it for the long game or the short game? If you mm-hmm. only care about the short game, then you'll probably just want one night stands. But if you truly want to make a big impact mm-hmm. and you want to do this for the rest of your life and get paid well to do it, it means building a legacy. It means building a credible integrity driven brand mm-hmm. yep and again patience patience yeah. in a world where everything is fast 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 yeah. go 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 immediate gratification is again it's not something that is easy for a lot of people right mm. and again scarcity comes in freaking up starts to come in everything and in between <laughs> but listen it is it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today talking about conscious sales i really appreciate your time and your energy for those listening and they want to connect and know a little bit more about what you have on offer and how you might be able to help them what's the best way for them to connect with you yeah so one of the fastest ways is there's my so if you want to know about my book i've got the nakedviewbook.com you can register your early interest for that um if you want to know more about conscious sales uh i've got a ton of content on my social media so my facebook facebook.com forward slash nina the naked coach is also the same instagram handle nina the naked coach because my book is called the naked you if any of you are wondering why i'm called the naked coach Um, and if any of you want a free guide to conscious sales, you've got consciousalescoach.com. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Now, last question before uh, I close, I always like to ask my guests the following question, which is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Mm. Mm. Find a mentor as soon as possible who has the results that you want, who you resonate with, who has the same values as you and do everything that you need to do to be able to work with them. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And I'm a firm believer. I have spent probably close at this stage. I haven't added, I was trying to add in my head the other day, but probably close. Yeah. yeah, probably close to $750,000, right? In mentorship, yeah. masterminds, coaching, hypnotherapy now, you know, all the other things. And it, it's worth everything. It's made me a better human. It's made me a better consultant. It's helped me get others to, mean, to give them the strategy they need. Like the list goes on. And But also through that, what happens is you start to find your community. You start to yeah. up-level. There's different energy around it. They get it better than what family and friends do. So I love that answer. Yeah. Give yeah. first. Coming back to giving first, we're willing to give of ourselves first, including what is in our pocket. Mm -hmm. Yep. Again, not an easy concept for the world that we live (laughs) in, but if you can take away, give first, leave a value, something that I've I've been to, you know, for many years, uh, you inevitably will become profitable. And before we sign off though, Nina, I just want to remind those that are listening, my team and I will also be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au, where we'll make sure that we include all of Nina's links that she has talked about in the show today. Again, thanks so much for being on the show, Nina. I really appreciate you and your time. And for you, amazing human who's listening, I hope you have a wonderful day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Nina. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au